Welcome to Coaches and Conversations, where we remove the veil and talk about what it's really like to be a woman building a business online. Because here, it's not just business, it's personal. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach and Business Strategist, Tavana Denise. Let's dive in. super excited to be having this conversation with you today, Kat, because you are like one of my new besties here in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. And we were doing a co-working, not working session the other day, (laughs) (laughs) which I know if you're listening, you've ever done co-working with your friends, you know, it's like, we're supposed to be working, but are we really working or we just talking? So one of the things that came up during our conversation was this idea because both of us are business coaches and this idea that oh it's so much easier to make money when you're a business coach or or when your ideal client is an entrepreneur and I was like wait a minute this is fascinating and i I, this is one of those conversations where I think other people would benefit from being a little fly on the wall and hearing us talk about the drama that we go through too. And so it's like every, like they say, the grass is not greener on the other side. I guess that's the bottom line. And so before we dive into all the things and just have a girlfriend's chat (laughs) that other people are privy to, please tell the people about yourself. Okay. Super long story short. Hi, I'm Kat, uh, master life and business coach and also a subconscious specialist. I've been running my boutique coaching business from the Caribbean of Mexico for the last four or five years now. I love saying that. Um, and that's just basically the long story short. I help um, my clients scale their businesses to six figures and beyond. I like to do it in a way that's really simple and effective and doable. I'm all about like removing the fluff and the non-necessities and the busy work and just drawing that straight line to the cash and the clients and the contribution that they know they're capable of creating. So deep breath out. That's a long story short. Um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and I, I gotta go back and say, I'm so grateful that I met you in the, the expat community here in Playa del Carmen, because it was like, I got here and was having a little mini crisis and I was like, Oh, I don't know what I did. And, and a mutual friend introduced us and then we became fast friends and the rest, as they say, is history. And so, I, I just love that we get to come together and use our brains and brilliance to, to create amazingness in the world. And you and I have had private actual working sessions where we just mastermind on each other's businesses. And I thought it was so fascinating because we had some of the similar hangups, mind drama, all of that stuff. And so what are some of the things that you, like, I would, I guess I would call them business coaching myths. Like, what are some of the ones that you've heard that you're like, that is so not true. If you actually knew what it was like to be a business coach. Yeah. And I think like, it's so funny. Cause when you brought that up, I think I remember even saying like, there's so many times in my, in my journey, like more early on, not so much now, but early on when I was still kind of learning to, cause this is what it is it's not about the niche that you're in. It's just about learning the skill set of selling at a really high level. It has nothing to do with like the result. It's about you being able to like communicate that. Right. So as a side note, I remember so many people being like, Oh, I just wish I was a business coach 
or that my ideal client was a business owner or entrepreneur, because then it would just be easier to sell. And I remember telling you, like, there were so many times in early on in my journey where I was like, I just wish I was a life coach or a mindset coach and be easier to sell. Because for me, because of my personality type and just my tendencies, I um, would constantly put this pressure on myself that I, my business had to perform at a certain level because I was a business coach. And I was like, how much easier it would be for me and my business. And again, this is all self-imposed pressure, right? It's like how much easier it would be for me if I didn't have to worry about like my business performance because I'm a weight loss coach. Like they're just two mm-hmm. separate things. Like I just need to keep my weight loss results in check, right? Being an embodiment of that. And then my business could just do its thing, right? So I think that's for me anyway, that's what made it actually hard to sell was because I was putting so much pressure on myself, which is like what I tell all my clients anyway, regardless yeah. of their niche. hundred percent. And I think it's, it's one of those things because I, of course, had the, the niche drama. And one thing that you said that stood out to me so much where I was like, like people don't even understand because, okay, so I had my first business before I even had my physical therapy license. I just, I don't know what it was. It just like, it just came to me and my dad had a business and stuff. So like I've been around business and of course my mom was a teacher. So she's an, uh, an she was an employee and she retired that way. So I've had experience with both and I just have been fascinated by business. I've had so many of them. I've wanted to like, that's just what I love. I love to study it. I love to think about it. I love to talk about it. Like people are like, what do you do for fun? Talk about business. And so it was so interesting where you were like, I wish I didn't love business so much. I would just go get another niche. And I promise you, I have had a similar thought, especially when one of my mentors, one time I, I heard her coaching someone else and saying, Hey, if you haven't um, gotten your coaching business to a certain level, then you, I guess the word was, shouldn't be coaching anybody on theirs. And I was like, business is business is business in my brain. And so that, like, I went on a spiral after I saw that, because then it was like, well, wait, does that mean that I shouldn't be doing this? And so maybe I should change my niche and go do something else and build that particular business up to a certain level. And so then I'll feel legit and qualified to coach people on their business. And I just wasted so much time trying to do something that I did not love or enjoy when my brain just thinks in business and much like you, like, how do we make this stuff more fun and more simple period? Yeah. And I love that because like before I niched down into like helping, um, like online business owners, particularly like freelancers and coaches and creatives and service providers, it's like, I was a business consultant for business businesses, like some of the top businesses here and then like some of the biggest companies here in the mind Riviera, right? It's like, because I knew my shit, I hope we can have French on this podcast. (laughs) Is this an English only podcast? That's so funny. Um, (laughs) But yeah, because it's just like, it's what I knew. It's like, it's not only like what turns me on so much. It's like my brain just like thinks in that way. And like, it's just so clear for me. But it's also like my formal background in business, right? So yeah, I, I, I remember having that same kind of that external noise from people saying like, you know, whether you're qualified to do something or not. And it's like, what qualifies you is like, do you just have the skills, right? Like those are your own results that you've accomplished. And then there's also the skill set, right? And it's like, there's like two different things. 
Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I didn't even know that about your background in consulting. And I, I use that example with some of my clients too, because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Deloitte and Touche, which is a huge consulting firm, I think all over the world, but certainly in the United States, they hire people who have MBAs and that the whole purpose of the MBA is to learn the inner workings of a business so that you can see inefficiencies and help the people fix what you can see that they can't see because they're in the industry, which is also side note why I think that um, Elon Musk has been so successful in the financial and the space and in the automotive industry because he was not from within those industries so he could see inefficiencies that they couldn't because like this is the way we've always done it kind of things and so I, I it's so funny that I didn't know that about you because I that was my eventually what I came to was like I study business I eat it for lunch I love it and that is exactly what the MBAs do it, they're not saying oh you can you have to have created a business to a certain level to be able to work for us and consult for other companies that like yes that is one way to enter into consulting but it doesn't have to be the only way. And also I've worked with several people who have MBAs that have worked with me to help for me to help them with their business. So, I mean, these are our own personal opinions. We'll say that nobody else's opinions and you could take your own, but it just, when I came to that conclusion, it just gave me peace to just be able to, and go do what I do. Yeah. What do you think? Exactly. I completely agree. So I think like for anybody that's like a business coach, or in the business field, because it's funny, because this conversation is more about like, you know, the myths that business coaches or folks that work with entrepreneurs or businesses are the ones that are better off and easier for us. Um, but starting off with just the folks that are business coaches or, or in the business realm, it's like, I think this, this little mini conversation here is going to be really, really helpful and supportive and a little bit of a breath of fresh air, some relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I too, I think at some point, so like once I got past the niche drama of like, <laughs> no, let me, this is what I do. This is what I love. I can help you. Then I think there was some of that drama too with like, oh, my business has to perform so that people will trust me. Yeah. Other than just being a relatable human being that can see things and reflect back things. And, and I think there's, to a little bit the difference in the coaching versus consulting. Um, And when I'm a coach, it's not my, when I have my coach hat on, at least it's not really my job to tell you anything. It's my Mm -hmm. job to pull out of you what feels aligned and true for you. And then I might put my consulting hat on and be like, okay, now let's see how we can make that happen. Yeah. Completely agree. And I make that so clear with my clients as well. Like even like not just before we start working together, but even sometimes I'll like verbally say that in session, like now I'm going to like take my coach hat off and put on my consulting hat. Like I make it super clear that like, this is the coaching and here I'm going to give you actual like sound business advice, business based on like business principles, not like fads and tactics that come from the industry, right. Which is like always going to be changing. It's like, this is the stuff that's like timeless. It's been around before the the internet. It's been around with the first companies that were ever created. And it's going to be here in the year 3050, right? Like let's master this shit because the other stuff is just like the ways that you can kind of plug and play and make it your own. That's what the tactics are for just to make it your own. You want to master the timeless principles. Totally. Totally. And this is why I love you. 
Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. But I think what's interesting though, is like total side note, my brain is just like going like wild right now. It's like all tingly. This is what I'm saying. Like, we're both like, oh my God, we need like a three hour convo on like business, but it's kind of like what you were mentioned at the beginning. Like the the grass is always greener. Mm -hmm. Right. And then now kind of like swiveling to like the whole conversation of like the myth. It's like, but the grass is greener where you water it. And I think that's the problem. If you're, if you're like a weight loss coach or, you know, a copywriter or whatever, I don't know, there's something that's not a business coach, right? It's like, if you're constantly finding like deficit and like insufficiency and like who you are and what you bring to the table, like the grass is going to be brown where you are, right? It's not going to be green. Like you are literally like destroying the grass that you're sitting on, right? Mm -hmm. So the grass is greener where you water and that requires like the selling skill set right? Okay. So then let's talk about the selling piece because I love sales consults and sales oh, calls and all of that. Now, now I have to say, I did not always love them. I used to be a sweaty mess after each of them yeah. <laughs> until I really got it settled in my mind that coaching is selling and selling is coaching. And Again, when I have my coach hat on, it's not for me to tell somebody their best answer. It's for me to ask enough questions for them to find it. And of course, educate in there and show them where they they may have some uh, erroneous thoughts or whatever. But yeah, so what what were some of your thoughts like in terms of selling uh, when you were like business coaching and selling? Tell me about it, like from a personal standpoint and what you see with clients, maybe. Mm. Well, I think like in the beginning, before I really understood the same thing that you were saying, like that selling is leading is coaching. Like I, I see it as like an equation with two equal signs in it, like selling equals leading equals coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I understood it as that, it's like, it was just based on like what I was previously taught, what a lot of people are taught in sales. Like overcoming objections, but not in a space where it's a coaching and leadership conversation in overcoming objections. It's like reframe it, reframe it, like, like get the credit card on the phone. Don't let them go. If you let go of the sale now, they're not going to come back. Like it's high stakes, life or death, like that sort of vibe. Um, that's what I was previously taught. Right. So that's why like in the beginning I avoided like a lot of the sales stuff. Right. So I mean, in, in the beginning of my business, and it's funny, I was just writing an email about this piece of content. It's like my first hundred K it's like, I didn't necessarily focus on selling in terms of like in an advanced level, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like I just focused on like connections and relationships and just like in all of my being showing up, being, knowing that I'm an expert and then just like giving from that space. Right. And then just trusting that people would be like, oh my God, I want to work with her. Right. And that is literally what happened. Like I would make offers, but I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It it is definitely. And I like the way you, you framed it as like advanced selling. So there's the selling, like there are some clients that just kind of come to you sort of, you've nurtured them enough over time with the content. By the time you get on the phone, it's not really a big deal or on zoom, excuse me, we're on zoom. (laughs) It's not that big of a deal, but there, there are advanced selling things and like, okay, so how did you, how do you think you got comfortable? And maybe you've already mentioned this, but how did you get comfortable with the advanced selling skills? 
Yeah. So if the first, if like the foundational selling skills is more like your energy and your belief is what sells, right? Mm-hmm. Like your belief in yourself, your belief in your offer. And that like this person is like, you're the perfect person for this offer. And I'm the per- perfect person to help you. You're ready, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if all those beliefs are in check, okay, it's like your energy is basically selling right now. It's like the advanced level. It's actually understanding like the human psychology of your client. Right. And you're only able to do that when you've worked with enough people. Right. Right. So it's like, if I'm like, I work with entrepreneurs, whether like at two different stages, right? Like the established and the folks that are like still working their way up to their first, like $50,000 all time in business. So like kind of a new entrepreneur, right? And Mm -hmm. so how I teach them to sell and grow their business is very different because I can't expect somebody that's worked with five clients to have like a deep embodied knowing and self-assuredness in who their client is the exact problem, the exact way to help them, the exact solution, all the things. Mm-hmm. And then using that to sell, like that's the advanced level, right? And that's how like the big guns, like when you think of the big businesses that we see in the world outside of like a coaching and service-based business, right? Like you look at Walmart and all that stuff, they're not selling with energy and belief. They're selling <laughs> like, right? <laughs> they're not like, like I'm the best, like, no, it's like they're selling with literal, like they just, they know their person inside and out and they know how to sell to them in the way that they need to be sold to period yes 100 percent. and so i i really wanted this forum to be about like what is it like for real for real for the woman building a business online and mm-hmm. so if anybody if we end up putting this on youtube and anybody can see we're only from the neck up but if you were to stand there would be a little baby bump under there. (laughs) And so I wanted to talk a little bit too about like, okay, this is your first little baby, right? And that means maternity leave. Mm -hmm. And so what does that look like for you? Or how are you preparing to take your first maternity leave as a business owner? Oh, so good. So like being completely honest, like when it first, when the like the whole like like when it first happened like when I found out right it's the language I want to use like when I found out um and then I started like planning for it like knowing that my maternity leave would be coming up you know at the time of recording this is like the tail end of 2021 maternity leave for me will be coming up um spring of 2022 about three months from now and so when I I'm I'm a person where I'm like I'm pretty chill like I'm not super um if we were to say a spectrum between type A and type B, it's like, I have some type A tendencies, but I'm pretty much like a flowy person. Like, it's okay. I'm not too worried about things. I don't have tendencies like that. Um, and then it, it hit me, like, I think it was about the beginning of my second trimester. It kind of hit me. And I was like, I think I'm taking this a little bit too relaxed. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm a little bit too relaxed about, because it was just in the sense of like, I. I didn't actually look at the math that I wanted to create. Like, I, cause it's so funny. So I teach something called like the 24 month plan to my clients. And basically it's this whole assumption that like, we don't want to have like rose colored glasses in our business. Just like assume that we'll hit goals. Like it's, it's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. Like some people are like, I'm not going to hit it, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where it's like, you know, I have a hundred percent belief and I'm doing all the things in my business. And like, why am I still not hitting the goal? Like we can just kind of have like rose colored glasses. And so I was kind of having rose color glasses when it came to my mat leave. Like I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to 
like continue growing my business and all the stuff, but I didn't actually look at the math of it. Like I didn't actually mm-hmm. sit down and plan like, okay, if I want to, cause again, like with my mat leave, that's eight weeks. So that's 10 months out of what normal people would have 12 months to create a revenue year in. Right. right. So like 10 months versus 12. And I was like, not like, I don't want to take a pay cut. Like I refuse to take a pay cut. I refuse to even just like, like maintain my, not that it's a problem. Right. But it's just like, like, I just don't want to make my baby, my son, the son, like, I don't want to make my son the reason that I can't not only like sustain my business, but grow my business. So I refuse, I refuse to make my son the reason Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to delegate responsibility to him. right? Right. So after having that realization with myself, I was like, okay, I need to plan for that. Like if I want to make a certain amount of money at the end of the year, like when, like, when, like, what am I going to sell? How many butts and seats? When am I going to sell it? Like, what would be the math of that? Right. Because my goal was like, okay, I want to go into mat leave with a calm. Like there's a few results that I wanted. I want all my clients to continue getting extraordinary results. Like delivery is so important to me, right. Delivery is part of your marketing when generates demand. Right. It's like, right. right? So delivery is super important to me. Um, I wanted to grow my business, continue to grow my business, a certain like income level. And then the third most important piece was like, I wanted a calm mind during my mat leave. And so taking care of like creating a calm mind would create the rest of the other things, right? So for me in a mat leave, like not knowing how the F I'm going to be creating that end of year result before my mat leave would not create a calm mind during my mat leave. Right. Like I wouldn't be present, right? I literally would not be present. And then also thinking of like coming back to, to my business after these eight weeks and coming back to like a clean slate, like mm-hmm. no contracts on the books, nothing like right. that to me, like feeling like I'm starting my business from scratch does not create a calm mind for me. No, I've been there before with my contracting business is it's not fun. Right. At all. Like when I wanted to take uh, a month off to go to Costa Rica for Spanish immersion school, it's like, no, you got to make the money ahead of time and you have to have contracts waiting for you when you get back. It's a, it's a whole situation. Right. So that's like, that's what I kind of had to like think about. Right. Because like for me, like the baby was, um, it wasn't planned. Right. So Mm -hmm. even though I teach my clients like a 24 month plan, like there are circumstances that pop up where it's like, we didn't necessarily plan for it. So we need to like adjust the 24 month plan and move forward from there. Like and not make it a problem. Yeah. Absolutely. So anything else that you, you can think of about either the myths of being a business coach or mm-hmm. just maternity leave as a business owner? Yeah. I think like, I'll kind of go back to what I was saying about like the grass is greener where you water it. Right. And it's like really just focusing on the, like, again, like up to your first, like $50,000 in your business, like you just really need to put all your focus on showing the world that you're an expert at what you do. And that comes by like everything that you're doing in your whole state of being. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that needs to be like your number one priority instead of focusing on like how someone else, it's easier for someone else. Like, bring it all back to you. Like put your blinders on head down. It's like the biggest gift I can like give somebody in their business. And then from there, once you've made your first 50 K it's like, yeah, you're going to have to spend time and give it as much time as it takes to learn how to sell your offer. Right. Like beyond your belief. (laughs) 
you know, and that has nothing to do. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of business coaches, like it has nothing to do with being in business. There's business coaches at every income level, just like there's seven figure weight loss coaches. There's eight figure confidence coaches. There's, there's all sorts of people making money. And it's just because they've, they've taken the time and they've allowed themselves to fail at learning how to sell their offer instead of making it delegating responsibility to their niche. Right. Oh, it's my niche's problem that I'm not making money. No, that's just not taking hundred percent responsibility for the skills you need to develop. And there are a number of skills in there too. And oh, so, so good. It's making me think of like, like you said, people of all niches, just getting really good at selling their offer, being sold themselves on the offer and then selling the offer because this is, might be a total derail sidebar, but what I see quite often is people not being sold on a niche or not being sold on their offer. And so they, they never get that opportunity, like not enough time, not enough practice, not enough traction to figure out how to best sell their offer because they won't stay in the niche or they won't commit to that particular offer. It's like, yeah. I don't know what happens. And, and I sometimes get it too, but I don't know what happens where we feel like everything has to be new, new, new all the time. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'll just say it happened. <laughs> right. But yeah. I mean, I, I would say it happened to me in the beginning and I sometimes have to reel myself back in. It's like Apple makes the iPhone and they make a new one every year. They make a new MacBook Pro. Oh, like they have a small suite of offers, products, offers. And they just keep making the same thing over and over again, just making it better and better and better and better. And it's like, I have to remind myself like full transparency as I coach my clients, no, take this thing and perfect it. Because like you said, delivery is super important to me after I, I was a little bit taught this, but I think more experienced that heavy sell, um, selling tactics before, mm -hmm. and it just didn't feel good to me. And then, okay, I'm in, and the delivery be awful as well too. So delivery is super, super important to me as well. I mean, yes, I love to sell. I'm very good at it. And I want my clients to feel very held and supported and know that I believe a hundred percent in them, that I have their back and all of those things. And so mm -hmm. I think, but if we don't pick something like pick the niche, pick the offer, it's going to be hard to, to perfect the, as if we can perfect anything, but to iterate on the offer, if we keep changing the darn thing. Yeah. You forego mastery right? It's like, you're literally foregoing mastery for like that short term. Um, like what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like a dopamine. Like, yeah. Right. It's like, exactly like where the kids, like, do you want your cookie? If you wait two hours, I'll give you double the amount of cookies. Yeah. It's like instant gratification. That's it. It's like, go. you want that instant gratification of like, if I, I want, like I wrote a post and nobody signed up, like what? Right. And it's like <laughs> you forgo mastery because it's like you need people's behaviors to validate that you're an expert. Mm -hmm. Like you need people to show up in a certain way in order for you to believe. And and like the belief is one level. Right. And then just trust that what you have in place is working. Right. Mm -hmm. And that like the level of knowledge that you have in your person and and 
your understanding of how to get them to where they want to go, like trusting that that, like you have to find sufficiency first in order to layer on top greater mastery. Like you cannot master from deficit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many, (laughs) so many like nuances and skills and moving pieces to building a business. And I think one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn was giving myself compassion and space and grace to, to learn all of them. And, and just knowing like there's the reason why I chose this is because I'm supposed to be here. Not that I fail once or something doesn't work once and that be an indicator that I shouldn't be here. And so, I mean, I think that's been one of my biggest lessons. But before I ask you my last question, mm-hmm. how can the people find you? Oh, okay. So two ways. They can go to my website. Um, the website will just directly send them to like, if they want to go deeper, deeper. So it's catarapis.com. But if they want to like binge my vortex a little bit and kind of like my philosophies and what I'm all about, my Instagram is the best place. So um, the handle is catarapis. Okay. Well, how do you spell catarapis? <laughs> K-A-T-A-R-A-P-I-S. Love it. Okay. Awesome. And so the, I guess the last question I have for you is if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice, the, the prior entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. what would you tell her? Conviction is everything. Conviction literally is everything like your power in your ability to market and sell and deliver like all of those pieces of your business, like from start to finish with your client and your commitment to the future of your business and like what you're doing in your business right now, like all that comes from conviction. Like you just have to have conviction in what you're doing. And like, if I could go back in time and tell year one cat that, um, which is one of the things I did learn that like was one of the first things that like when I finally locked that in mm-hmm. that level of conviction, that's when the sales literally poured in. Like I literally went from like three K months to I went, had my first like 12 K month and like hit or miss three K months. Right. Like that was, it was just a key for me and it clicked in so much stuff. Um, but I just like allowed myself to have conviction, like truly. Conviction about what specifically? About myself, about my offer. And about like, I already had conviction in my clients. Cause it's like, for me, it's like the belief that people wanted and desired help with their business. That wasn't lost on me. Like, I'm like, of course people want help with that. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There might be, there might've been some wavering and that those clients are like here in my world right now, there might've been some like wavering, like, cause it's just the, the difference between like wavering energy versus conviction. Like you just need to like, let go of all that, like wavering flippy floppy energy. Like you just need to be like a hundred percent sturdy conviction. Oh, so good. So we just got to build the conviction muscle. Got it. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Kat. Thank you oh, so, so, so much for coming. And I will talk to you soon, my friend. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, join our private community at tavanadenise.com forward slash join. This is your place to get real, get honest, and share what's on your mind and heart as a woman building a business online. I can't wait to meet you on the inside.